This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 31, Tragedy. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And everybody dies. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm dead. <laughs> okay, we better be more peppy. Turn <laughs> off. Hi, we're going to talk about tragedy Yay! today, and we're going to make it fun. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast about antiheroes, where we talked, realized we had never really talked about the concept of tragedy in writing, which is kind of odd since it's one of the great classical archetypes for writing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a podcast talking about how to write tragedies. This is particularly um, interesting for me because I just experienced a really great tragic story but i don't know if i want to well right now if you uh i'm just gonna spoil it for you Aww. guess what dr horrible and sad oh um and the wikipedia article this is a tragic comedy um it was genius and i had just experienced this and thought wow why is this so compelling even though it's a tragedy and so, Probably because Dr. Horrible's an anti-hero. <laughs> yeah, he's not actually an anti-hero because he's sympathetic. Um, okay. And so, tragedy. Why do we write tragedy? What's good about it? Why do people enjoy it? Or um, for, for classically, me, sorry. Go ahead, Howard. Classically, I think that uh, the, the, the Greek philosophers loved tragedy because... Because of the catharsis. Yes, that's because what I was they, going okay, to say. Okay, that good. was their big thing. They, Let's they talk about wanted catharsis. Us to have, they wanted us to have an emotional response because apparently crying is good for Greek people. <laughs> crying is good for everybody. Um, the, this I don't catharsis, like it much. But this emotional uh, response, emotional reaction, or I, I believe that it's strictly called an emotional release, Right. Um, is very powerful. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at the movies that I love, so many of them have that, and they have those elements of tragedy. I just watched uh, last night 310 to Yuma, the new one with uh, whoever in it. and uh, I love whoever. Yeah, whoever's he, he's is, great. got another one he's coming out soon. He's been in a soon. lot of good films. <laughs> um, anyway, whoever dies, uh, spoiler warning, and it's really, really awesome. It's sad, and it's terrible, and because of that catharsis, it's very uplifting at the same time. Okay. Um, why do you think it is that 
our society, is it just because we're, we're steeped in this Greek tradition, values tragedy so much more than comedy. And let's get back to defining tragedy and comedy and their classical ways. A comedy being something that ends well, you don't necessarily laugh the whole time, and a mm -hmm. tragedy being something that ends sad. Um, it ends tragically. You may laugh along the way. As it, it, it's right. really kind of focused on the concepts of the endings. Mm -hmm. So I, I would actually say that uh, that a lot of our modern culture, movies especially, but it's kind of bled into everywhere, um, is kind of in the middle of those because we have dramatic non-comedic stories that still end well. Hollywood does not like sad endings. Don't they? Um, well, you look at the best you'll picture see nominees. Them every now and then. But, you know, what I won last that, year? Slumdog Millionaire? Guilds, I think that the guilds ending. of writers and directors and actors yeah. uh, place a high value on tragedy, probably because many of them have been classically trained. Okay. But the box office yeah. values a happy ending. You know, that's kind of interesting that you should say that, because I used to think that was true. And yet I've seen several times where people have talked about Hollywood endings versus not Hollywood endings, and it's not always good, uh, happy, or sad. It's heroic happy or unheroic sad. Like, if you die mm. heroically at the end of your film, they still like that. It seems like the box office likes that. It does pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's the but kind Oedipus of, did not die no, heroically. He did not die heroically, <laughs> did not die well. And that's kind of the classical concept of tragedy. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I may have spoken falsely, because if we look at the nominees, I bet we'll find a large number of tragedies. But if we look at the winners, we'll probably end up seeing the people who, the winners were the ones that were, that yeah. were happy. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, you, and you, when you talk about what viewers value, yeah. uh, so many people complain about what gets nominated for the yeah. Oscars. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, we probably ought to just throw that whole conversation out. All right, let's <laughs> dig into it But then. Jordo can keep it. Hey, no, yeah. It'll make everybody listen to, to that right. conversation we because just had. Because it's important and poignant. Um, and yeah. tragic. Uh-huh. Why do we like tragedy? What are other reasons? Why are we writing this? Is it because it's unexpected? You know what? I think that might be part I've of it. I've got a great example of tragedies that we love. Okay. The first five minutes of CSI. Okay, yeah. Those are little mini stories that set up what's happening, what, what happens next. Yes, there's a mystery to them. Right. But they are they, Some, they something are terrible tragedies. happens to somebody. Something horrible happens. Even if it's just somebody finding a body. Their right. day got ruined. And I think I love watching that because I know that's not me. Yeah, what's that Mel Brooks the circumstances, quote? <laughs> well, the circumstances these people are in are not circumstances I place myself in. And so I can wag my finger at them and say, shame on you. And it validates, it validates my mm -hmm. lifestyle. Okay, it allows you to do this whole mora morality play. Yeah, it's a, little morali it's a mm -hmm. little mini morality play. Okay. Now, now, Brandon, you said that maybe one of the reasons people like tragedy is because it's unexpected. I would actually say the opposite. Um, you know, going back to the idea of the tragic flaw. Uh, okay, for well, example, there is the tragic flaw. I'm, I'm talking about something else, though. Okay. Um, I, for instance, when you get to the end of a, like, look at Frodo. You mm -hmm. don't expect the story to be Frodo fails at the end. And when you That's read true. Frodo fails, it punches you in the face and makes you sit up and say, "Wow." Now it's mm -hmm. it's still inevitable. It's yeah. a surprising but inevitable. It's a, a great twist, and the same sort of thing happens at the end of, of, of Dr. Horrible, not to give away too much, but it, I'm laughing this whole time. It's genius. It's funny. It's, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that was inevitable. Now, 
I, I yeah. heard this uh, this described very aptly once when someone was talking about the difference between books and video games, and they said that the main difference is that in a book you can do something to a reader they would never do to themselves. Okay. You know, if you were playing the Lord of the Rings video game, you would not, you know, have Frodo do that right. at the end. You mm -hmm. would keep going back and reloading your game until you got it right. Whereas yeah, you get to that point in the game and the, the, the game designers switch you to play Gollum. <laughs> you have to steal the ring from Frodo in time to fall mm -hmm. to your death. So, I mean, I, and I'm not saying this to denigrate video games. I'm just saying that, you know, in books we can do that. We can force the reader into an uncomfortable situation, and that's where the catharsis comes from. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm still going to rely on my old, uh, my old unexpected concept, though I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say unexpected yet expected, you're hoping it won't happen. Mm -hmm. You're watching it happen. And there is a fascination. It's the whole car wreck concept. Yeah. You're yeah. watching the car wreck. It's terrible. Your eyes are glued to it, though, because you have to know. You have to know. My mother, um, when she watched Lord of the Rings movies, she got to the end. The first one, we forced her to watch. She didn't really want to watch it. Uh, my mother doesn't like this type of film. We made her because it was an important experience for her. Darn it. <laughs> and she got to the end and said, oh, I hope that Aragorn and that nice elf girl get together. Um, and that was her reaction to it. We had her watch the second one. And this is how I know Peter Jackson got the second one downright. As she got to the end, she said, please tell me that little Smeagol turns out all right. Please tell me that everything goes well with little Smeagol. And she had to watch the third movie. She actually wanted to because she wanted to know what happened with little Smeagol. And when Gollum made the wrong choice at the end, it was tragic and terrible for my mother. It was emotional. It was powerful. And she no longer was focused on the nice elf woman and Aragorn mm -hmm. that she, you know, was, she was into this character and loving this character. And that is something that tragedy can do. Now, while we're on the subject of Lord of the Rings, um, this, this is something I think that, that writers can use, is Lord of the Rings is not necessarily a tragedy, but many of its arcs right. are. Yeah. Right. You Lots know, Boromir's story is a horrible tragedy. Yes. That's why he's my favorite character of that book. You know, and Smeagol is a horrible tragedy. And he sprinkles those in with all of these other, yeah. you know, non-tragic heroes, and it gives a lot of extra texture to the book. All right, let's break for an advertisement. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, we are I got this have, one. Yeah, go for I it. I got this one. Stephen King writes a whole lot of what I would actually call tragedies because things end badly and we get emotional responses. They're also horror. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you whether or not stationary bike is a tragedy. Uh, st- stationary bike is short. It's only about, uh, what, 90 minutes long? Hour, yeah, an hour, yeah, and, hour, hour and a half long. But uh, I loved this book because it inspired me to exercise and warned me away from buying possessed exercise equipment. That's Always a very helpful. important lesson. It, indeed it is. All right. Audiblepodcast.com slash excuses. You can download it for free. And give a listen to this story that Howard loved. Yep. We won't tell you if it's a tragedy or not. Dun, dun, dun. dun. All right. <laughs> pedal, pedal, pedal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, for the last uh, third of the podcast, I want to do my standard thing and force us to dig in and speak directly to writers and say, how can you use this? What, can, what tools can you put in your toolbox related to writing tragedies and how can you make them work? Okay, first one, I think, is the tragic flaw. Okay, And tragic my flaw. example for that is going to be, uh, sorry, we keep talking about movies all the time, uh, the original Night of the Living Dead by George Romero. Uh-huh. Um, it's a bunch of people trapped in a house. Every single one of them has a tragic flaw, and every single one of them is undone by their flaw by the end of it. And it's fascinating to watch and see, oh, that guy who has this one thing, yep, that's what does him in in the end. And it's really, really well done. I like what you said earlier about uh, you know, whether or not you're planning on writing a tragedy, uh, employing tragic arcs is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, um, it, 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 ups, it ups the ante a lot. Uh, you know, knowing if, that if it somebody can end, if, yeah. it, not only not just knowing that it, it can end not well for a character, if it can not only not end well, but end not heroically, if a character ends like Oedipus, you yeah. know, failing abjectly, um, I, I think that that's a great way to a great mm-hmm. way to handle some of your characters. Um, and I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was. Well, Willy Wonka works very well in a similar way, a more obvious way, but yeah. the tragic flaws leading to people's downfalls, um, even kind of almost with, with Charlie himself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, and th- those yeah. tragic flaws are helpful because, first of all, they round out a character quite mm-hmm. a bit. You know, the, the typical character that you, you start writing when you first sit down to write your fantasy story or whatever tends to be a little flat, a little yeah. too heroic. Yeah. And giving them a tragic flaw not only creates some tension, like Howard said, because then you start to think, oh, well, maybe his excessive pride or drinking or whatever is going to do him in. But, you know, it also just makes that character a lot rounder and a lot yeah. rougher. Well, and it also allows you to seed a whole bunch of these in a bunch of different characters and drive your plot by the character. One Readers wondering which of them is going to succumb to their flaw and which of them are going to overcome their flaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the tragedy used as a, in, a, in a toolbox is very important to the concept of the three-act format or the three-book oh. format. Yep. Uh, there's a reason why the middle volume often ends in tragedy. Look at the original Star Wars trilogy, and you'll have an excellent example of 
you know, mm -hmm. heroic end, tragic end, heroic end, used for their proper beats, which mm -hmm. allows you to have a little bit of each one, but also it allows the, the third movie to have an extra punch because of the lows with which you are starting. I think yep. it's a wonderful tool to have in your toolbox, so to speak. I can't remember who it was who described the three-act format as, you know, act one, uh, chase the characters up a tree, act two, throw rocks at them, act three, cut down the tree. Mm -hmm. uh, tragedy is... Uh, at some point during Act 2, one of the characters pulls out a saw and actually begins cutting off the branch that one of the other characters that we like is sitting on. Right. You know, right. as a result they of his flaw. They cut down their own they tree. They cut down their own tree. Right. Um, right. And it can be wonderfully compelling. It can allow you... as, it, But it also means that then you don't have to end on that note. You can use it as mm -hmm. part of a story arc. What other tools can tragedy help you with? I think yeah. it can oh. I think the catharsis coming back yeah. to that original point if you don't have if you don't have that emotional release then the tension that you've built up in your story uh, may end up insufficiently fulfilled okay. if you build yeah. up tension and the release is just all joyous I don't think it's complete I think you have to have some of that release be of the cathartic unhappy kind well, we've talked about before that some people say and I won't say whether I believe this or not but some people say say a story is about putting characters through an unimaginable torture and pain for the, the course of the story. Mm. And if none of that, um, that torture and pain and failings end up in a tragic situation, then what you've done is you've not given payoff to your promises. Yeah. Um, someone who's brilliant at that is, at this is George R. R. Martin. Uh, he uses the tragic flaw. He uses, an, he uses a lot of concepts of tragedy in his books. It makes them brutal. It makes them almost... Yeah, I, I can't take them because they're so well done that they're so brutal. Mm -hmm. But if you want to learn how to write some tragic flaws and some tragic characters, you can look at those books or even tragic ends to heroic characters. All right, let's go ahead and give our writing prompt to Dan. Dan, what are you going to give us? Um, okay, I'm sure glad this, he picked you. you. Yes, I do. <laughs> you are you're going to write a uh, a delightful story about uh, happy, cheerful woodland creatures who are all horribly killed. <laughs> you just described happy tree friends. <laughs> okay, they're happy aquatic creatures. Uh, happy aquatic creatures that all you're die write, horribly. Yeah. Okay, I just described a Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> you're going to write a tragedy that hasn't already been done before. There An you go. Anthropomorphic tragedy? Yes. It, okay. It's already tragic. <laughs> yes. You're okay. going to write furry before fanfic. The, my fursuit, the zipper is stuck. <laughs> okay. Um, before we go any further, we're going to end. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses and so are we. Go write. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.